This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. The necessity of prayer. I want to talk to you, not as a three-point sermon here today, that you can leave with three points. I just want to talk to you, and kind of like an onion peeling away layers, I want to interject what I really believe about prayer. How many of you know what you believe about prayer will determine if you pray or not? And that's what I want to talk to you about. Why should we pray? The necessity of prayer. John 15, 13. John 15, 13. Uh, one of the texts here. I don't know why this can't seem to... Thank you guys for helping me move this through. <clears throat> John 15, 13. There, there is no greater love than this that a person would lay down his life for the sake of his friends. And this is a verse, you know, we've used before for especially those that serve in the military and at funerals I've been at and law enforcement. It's a very inappropriate verse for that. And, uh, they give their lives daily and sacrifice, and, and we hear stories constantly of, of, of tragedies in that and how they've laid their lives down. But how many know Jesus did this for us? He laid his life down for us. And so Jesus is saying in the scriptures here that there's a love when we lay our lives down. Now, God may not be asking of you, of your life in the sense of per se, living and breathing, but there's a, there's, a, there's a sacrifice that I believe that when we lay our lives down, there's a reward for that. Can you say amen? See, here's this. An undisciplined life never leads to productivity or progress. An undisciplined life. And Jesus was disciplined. Amen. Jesus lived a disciplined life. A discipline. Sometimes that seems like a curse word that we're disciplined. <laughs> it's not. A disciplined life. <clears throat> See, it's the things no one sees that results in the things that everybody wants. Did you hear that? It's the things that nobody sees. In other words, prayer, we want, we want certain things in life, but you don't know what's behind there in the consecration that came and the devotion and the discipline. Are you with me this morning? <clears throat> and so uh, when I talk about prayer, I believe in this verse about no greater love. Prayer, I believe, is a manifestation of that God kind of love. The Bible says in Psalm 65, 2-4, because you answer prayers, people everywhere will come to you. I believe God is still in the business of answering prayers. He still is. He answers prayers. But you see, you have to pray for an order and answer to come. Pray before an answer comes. Amen? 1 Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2, 1-3. Paul exhorting Timothy, and he says, therefore I exhort that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now supplications, don't let that throw you, it's the old King James word, it actually means request, humble request, desires, needs. How many have needs in your life? 
How many think you need God to do something? That's what a supplication means. It's just you're you're asking God, I, I need your help in this situation. That's in the Bible that God wants you. Prayers, and it's actually talking about devotion, that word there. Intercession. <clears throat> Intercession actually means to go between or on behalf of another when you intercede. So if you have a family member, you have a son, you have a daughter, you have a husband, a wife, or you have a relative or whatever, or a distant cousin or whatever, and you say, you know what? They're in a difficult situation. We're going to pray on behalf of them. That's what it means to intercede, to go between on behalf. How many with me say amen? And so... And a lot of times it's that go between between averting evil. You see how they're acting, how they're behaving. God, I ask you, you intervene on behalf of this situation. Protect them from themselves, Lord. How many hear what I'm saying? That's what it means to intercede on behalf of someone else. And then it says this, <clears throat> uh, to, to give thanks be made. Giving of thanks be made for all men. Somebody shout all men. All men. Something interesting about this. This is the only prayer that's going to be in heaven. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? See, how many know when we get to heaven, we don't need to intercede? <laughs> we, we don't need prayers of intercession. We don't need to supplicate because we're in heaven, right? But the one prayer we will pray for all of eternity is, thank you, God. Thank you, God, I made it to heaven. Thank you, God, you saved me. Every day, and I don't know if you're going to rest in heaven or what, but it'll be restful, but every day you get up or whatever with a nice, the best cup of coffee in heaven, and you're going to go, thank you, God. Come on now, are you with me? Thank you. you that's the prayer that's going to go on forever, our thanksgiving to the Lord. Can you say amen? So, so why do we really need to pray? Why do we need, really need to pray? You know, um, I just threw this out here. You know, there's a, there's a strong persuasion in the upper Midwest here. I mean, it's, it's throughout the world. It's global, but, but, but I find it more so up, up here and on Calvinism. You know, John Calvinist, and great reformer in the 1500s, and he had an acronym, TULIP, T-U-L-I-P, and, and, and that kind of the, not total uh, uh, points for uh, Calvinism, but part of, you know, kind of break it down. And the TULIP, the acronym is Total Depravity of Man, that man is full of sin and he's depraved, and, and I agree with that, that we're all born into sin. The second one was unconditional election. The third is limited atonement, or just the elect that are get saved. There's, the fourth one is with the I, irresistible grace, and, and then number five is the preservation of the saints, which they call OSAS, once saved, always saved. And, and uh, there's many of you here that, yeah, that's kind of why I grew up. And, and, and it kind of goes, a little, I feel, a little bit towards the, the Doris Day, whatever it's be to be. And, and some people just embrace that, you know, because why do I really need to pray? Because God is sovereign, right? He's going to do whatever he wants to do. And so we just let it happen. And kind of on a slide at uh, uh, an amusement park, you just get on that slide and go down and just, you know, you're just going into that wall. And whatever happens, happens, and whatever's to be, to be. I don't believe that. <laughs> Many of you do, but I just don't believe that. I, I believe there's parts of that. I believe God is sovereign in his kingdom. But hear me, why did Jesus say, pray for his kingdom to come on earth? Why? See, th this sermon is going to be about some questions. I'm going to throw, throw questions at you to change our thinking. Why do we need to pray for his kingdom to come on earth if everything's to be that he's planned everything and that everything that happens on earth is his will? 
It's not, my brothers and sisters. There's a role we play in God's kingdom. Many believers adhere to the belief that whatever happens to them in life must be God's will. Here's a comical example. I've read this before a number of times. But the central figure of this story is a person who accepts everything that happens as a manifestation of divine power. Not for him, he said, to question the workings of divine providence. All his life, misfortune has been his. Yet never once did he complain. He got married, and his wife ran away with the hired man. He had a daughter, and the daughter was deceived by a villain. He had a son, and the son was lynched. A fire burnt down his barn, and a cyclone blew away his home. A hailstorm destroyed his crops, and the banker foreclosed and his mortgage taken his farm. Yet each fresh stroke of misfortune, he knelt and gave thanks to Almighty God for his wonderful mercy." Sound familiar? After a time penniless, submissive to the decrees from on high, he landed in the county poorhouse. One day the overseer sent him out to plow a potato field. A thunderstorm came up, but was passing over, when without warning, a bolt of lightning descended from the sky. It mounted the plowshare, stripped most of his clothes from him, singed off his beard, branded his naked back with the initials of a neighboring cattleman, hurled him through a barbed wire fence. When he recovered consciousness, he got slowly to his knees. He clasped his hands and raised his eyes towards heaven. And for the first time, he asserted himself, Lord, he said, this is getting plumb ridiculous. And it is. God does not want us to live our life that way. Can you say amen? amen. There's a role that we play, play in this walk of faith. And God here, God has limited, I believe, himself in the affairs of men. Otherwise, he would be changing things. He would be doing things on a monumental scale. He'd be showing himself up visibly so everyone could see and bow down to him, right? But he has chosen to work through you and I. <laughs> I believe that. So this mindset that accepts everything that happens to us in life is somehow orchestrated by God. I, 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 don't, I don't adhere to that. I don't adhere to that. This thinking, this mindset towards God's sovereignty, especially towards in prayer, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to just challenge our thinking. This just, just step out of the box, if you would. It's the mindset that believes that whatever negative thing that has happened to us in our life and in the past, it had to have been God's will. I actually had someone one time tell me that, that you know, they, they had some borrowed a considerable amount of money and, and, and from a, 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 a parent and, and they lost it all and the thing went bankrupt and just basically said, well, it was the Lord's will. He knew that was going to happen. I've had people just, you know, insinuate that they've, uh, uh, you know, maybe had affairs or uh, incestuous situations that, well, the Lord knew about it. Give me a living break. Come on now. That's not God. He didn't plan that and orchestrate that in heaven. There's a real devil, church. He's out there to kill, steal, and destroy. How many still with me? And so I believe that this thinking, this just total thinking that just embraces that whatever happens in life. See, a lot of times, too, I'm get off track here, but, but we, 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 sometimes that can be an excuse. It can ex be an excuse for bad behavior in our own life or sinful behavior. Come on now. I'm preaching the truth now. Amen? Is it really a lot of times an excuse? Well, the Lord knows, you know, and he, you know, he, he, he orchestrated that. He knows I'm a drunk, you know, and my dad was a drunk. And those are lies. 
those are lies of the enemy that God wants to uproot. And so this, this thinking that, that I believe it impedes millions of, and I say Americans, you know, I don't mean that I'm American, but American Christians, you know, from praying and, 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 from, and from interceding, from persevering in prayer. But you see, here's the thing, not the rest of the world, Hindus pray. You know, we had a, a gentleman here years ago, his name was Biju, he was an Indian. And we helped him with his marriage, and the church did, and did tremendous things. I mean, even helped fix his teeth, got him a car, got him a job, and he was born again. He was water baptized, he was saved, and he was filled with the Spirit, and he went back to India. And uh, just a, a, a tremendous impact on his life. But he would say to me, he said, Pastor Mike, in, in India, he said that, that the temples that are there, he said that thousands of people throng during these festivals. Just, just think about this. This is now. This isn't 150 years ago. They throng and they, put, watch this, they pull out their wallets and their money. And they, they push towards the priest, the Hindu priest, to give them money so they could get a blessing. What if we had an offering like that? Everyone comes forward. They pray. They walk. I remember the last time we were in Sri Lanka, and where we're going in this next crusade, Harvest is doing this evangelistic crusade here in March. We're going to the northern part in Jaffna. That is one of the, the, the most ancient Hindu temples in all of Sri Lanka. And uh, we've driven, driven by it before, but one morning we were driving by, and I, I saw a man out there. He's just standing. It was like 6 a.m. or whatever, and he's just crying. He's crying in front of the temple, crying out needing a blessing, needing something in his life and, and crying out to the wrong God. Come on now. And so the Hindus pray, the Buddhists pray, Muslims pray. It's just innate. They know it. When it's New Year's for us, what do we do? Woo! New Year! Happy New Year! We blow the things. You know what they're doing? They're in their knees. They're crying out to their God. They're praying. See, see, prayer is something that most of the world knows. There's something behind it they're, 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 that, that they need to pray. But a large part in, in America, it's if you want the smallest meeting in church, call a prayer meeting. Come on, Pastor Mike, preach the truth. So, so there's a reason for that. And I just kind of wonder, what is that? And I want to address that. Matthew 16, 6. Matthew 16, 6. Jesus said to them, be careful, be guarding yourself. Watch out for the yeast. Someone shout yeast. Of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So we, need, we know the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those are the religious leaders of the day. And yeast was leaven, and it caused bread to rise. What was the yeast that Jesus was talking about in this context? It was their wrong teaching. That means, that, that this tells that there is teaching that is out there that's wrong. That may be exciting, that may be fun to listen to, but it, it could be wrong. Hummy with me, say amen. And so the evil influence of their teaching, you know, as of 2019, there are 10,000 cults that still exist today in the United States. 10,000. And so, so I just, you know, this erroneous thinking and believing about the sovereignty of God in prayer will influence you and your family. It's a household. We'll talk about that. If, if you believe God is allowing something and, and he in truth is not, how many know that's a problem? Amen. You will be, you will be uh, straitjacketed. You'll just think, you know what? He's almighty God. He let this happen. And so he, he must have willed it. And I don't believe that in every case. So this flawed thinking about prayer, it can be the difference between you praying or not praying. That's the truth. Or someone receiving Christ or not. I remember being stationed in Okinawa, Japan, in the Marine Corps. 
and I would go to the church services there, and there was a chaplain who was very strong on the sovereignty of God, and I still have a picture of him. I took a picture of him. It's in uh, the, I have back then. This is back in the 1980s. And uh, <clears throat> he was just totally, he said, you know what? When I share and I give a talk, there are those people that are out in my audience that some are condemned to hell no matter what they do. And then there's those select that are elected that they're only going to make it to heaven. I was like, you've got to be kidding. I mean, my Bible tells me that God desires that all men might come to salvation. That God desires that all men might be saved. Yes, I know, but, but there are some that are doomed no matter what they do. And see, see, that's how many of you know if you believe that. I've had people come up to me and say like, well, you are one of the elect. I'm not, so I'm doomed. How do you think that's going to affect you the rest of your life? It's going to have a major effect. God's mad at me. He hates me. I'm doomed to hell. So what? You better enjoy life right now and live it up, right? Because hell's hot. That's a lie from the devil. God has a call and a plan for every life. You have a choice in it. You have a decision. If you're living and breathing right now, you have a choice. Your future can be determined by a change today. Can you say amen? And so, so... You know, it could be mean maybe landing that job or not. Maybe God wants you to pray about that job. Amen? You know, and just to, you know, say, you know what? No, in Jesus' name, I'm going to just trust you, Lord. And th th that breakthrough will come or not. My wife and I are graduates of Christ of the Nations in Dallas, Texas. And the late Gordon Lindsay, he was the founder of CFNI. And he says this. He said, Jesus was interested only in prayer that brought the answer. That's the prayer I'm, I'm interested in. Amen? And if need be, move mountains. He didn't have to tell people to pray. That instinct was born in their hearts. The most ignorant heathen prayed. The prophets of Baal prayed. The hypocritical Pharisees prayed. Jesus was interested in showing believers the right way to pray. Hmm. So they could have miracles in answer to their prayers. And church, that's what we need here in America. That's what we need here in Alexandria. That's what we need here at Harvest. We need answers. People just don't need lectures and talks. They need the power of God coming in their life. They need to be shaken. Their lives need to be changed. People need to make decisions that are eternal decisions for the good. Amen. That's my heart. Matthew 7, 7, 8, Jesus said this. Interesting text. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now watch this. For everyone who asks. For you will receive. Whoever seeks, come on now, will find. And him who knocks, come on, are you getting it? Will be open. What is it saying? There is a persistence in this. Now, you think, why? Is God deaf? He just, bad hearing. God, I'm asking. He's just got to be louder. No, that's not what it is. I want you to change your thinking that perhaps maybe... There are forces of evil that are out there. The Bible says Satan has dunamis on this earth that he can move. and he, he, he is a defeated foe, but he still has a realm of authority, but he's defeated in Christ Jesus unless we exercise that authority over him. Amen. Are you with me? And so maybe there's this persistence in prayer that we're pushing and driving back. The enemy doesn't want to give up. We're going to a, a heat-seated place uh, like demonically seated with this crusade, uh, just was FaceTiming with Heron, and he was telling me, he said, Pastor Mike, this is one of the strongest strongholds in all of Sri Lanka. He said the temple that was built there was built on uh, a priest, Hindu priest, whose son was born again. 
He got saved. And this son that was saved was radically transformed and he would not recant the faith, his faith in Christ. His, so the priest's son is saved and he's the priest of this village. They built this temple and he said, you need to recant. And he said, no, I'm not. So he cuts his own son's head off. That's where this temple, that's where we're going. How many of you know that Satan does not want to give up ground? We just, just think, we don't think in terms like this, but they see it. They, 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 they see the importance of spiritual warfare. How many with me say amen? So there, there's a pressing in. There's a persistence in prayer. It isn't that we serve a reluctant God. That's not at all. We'll talk about some of this in, in, in the weeks to come here, Lord willing. But it means that, that there's, there's an invisible power that is within us as Christians, that we're able to anticipate every need, work out those situations, whenever be required of us, a power, a power that God has put within our lives, and if it need be, that we need to move mountains spiritually and whatever God is asking. At this time in my... Uh, uh, little house project here, our house project. We, we've got the walls painted and, and we're doing, I'm doing, finishing up some of the electrical. And I was just thinking about it, you know, your wiring and it's kind of at times you have to be very mindful of what you're doing, wiring it the right way. But I began to think about it. I just think about when I got the lights wired or whatever and thanks to Brad for not doing 12 to the whole house and doing 14. Thank you, Brad. And, and, and so it's easier to work with this 14 to wire it. Once I got it done, I hit the switch. It's like, boom. Man, that's nice. And so I just thought about that, and I thought about this, about power and the power of God in prayer. And I felt this, 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 the Lord say, you are an outlet, like on a wall. We are like outlets. How many know you buy an outlet? It does nothing until it's connected to the power source, correct? And you got to do it the right way, okay? And so the power source, faith, is Romex, the cable, and whether size cable, whatever you need a wire that is, that is the conduit connected to the power source. How many with me say amen? But how many of you know that we are not the generators, we are just the conduits? God said, you, yeah, he said, I am the branch, you are the vine, I am the branches. And so the power source, the panel, is God. And the problem is a lot of us, we keep tripping our breakers. <laughs> our breakers keep getting tripped. Why? Because things in our life, circumstances in our life, unresolved issues. Come on, can I get an amen? And the breakers trip. How many know that all you have to do is walk down to the basement, hit that GFI, now it's arc fault, and all these, you know, pop that, and it's good to go. Right? Right, so the issue is, it's not an issue of power, it's an issue of connecting, conduct. How many with me? Amen? So God wants your, whatever your receptacle, anything that you plug into that, it works. It's just a natural thing that works. And so God has challenged us, I believe, even these next few days, that, that whatever the disconnect is in our life, whatever is disconnecting, cutting off the power source, cutting off God moving in our life, let's go down to the basement, to the power source. Amen? Hit that breaker in faith and get that thing dealt with. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. We're going to just delve into this why pray more and more here as, as, as time goes on and just talk about it more and more. But here's the thing. Let me just kind of end with this here. God has answered prayer for every conceivable need of his people and under every imaginable circumstance he has. And here's the problem is, many of us, we've tried, and I don't know, myself included, and this is what the Lord challenged with me this morning. It's like, Mike, stop questioning God and start believing let me say that again. Stop questioning God. Well, how come you didn't this, God? 
Well, how come you do that? Let's just believe what his word says and just continue to do that. Easier said than done. Every head bowed, please. As the worship team comes forward, God has answered prayer in every situation. If we are willing to step out, we are willing to step out. Be that conduit. Be that conduit. Be that conduit of faith in your life. You say, Pastor, I'm here this morning, and uh, my break has been popped for a while, and I've been disconnected, and I need, I need to get right with God. I need to get back. I need to get back to, to, to what's right, what I know what's right in my spirit man or spirit woman, and you're just disconnected, and it's a simple, it's a simple reconnecting. You're here this morning with every head bowed, and you say, Pastor, pray for me. <clears throat> I want to make a decision today to reconnect, to begin again. And whatever weakness, whatever thing that ails you, that trips you up, God will help walk you through that. You have men and women here in this church that will help walk you and disciple you. If you will let them. The key is for you to make a determination to reset the breaker. To reset it. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need a reset this morning. Let me pray with you. If that's you, pray this prayer with me. Say this. Say, Jesus, I believe died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. I want to encourage you. A great step of faith would be, come on out tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night if you're able to, or Tuesday and then uh, Wednesday. Come out. Join with other believers here. Let's get connected. Let's be a church body that just reconnects. Reconnects to God. Reconnects to, to what he has for each and every one of us. Amen, church. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.